Welcome back to the Failing Forward podcast. My name is Niki Loesch. I am your host, and I have a very special guest interview for you today. One of my best friends from Clubhouse, Leslie Rubinoff. She is a dynamic holistic practitioner who walks the talk and talks the talk too. And she is never done speaking. If you've heard her on Clubhouse, she's focusing on foundational and root cause healing. Leslie specializes in digestive disorders and female hormone fertility. Over the past eight years, Leslie has worked globally with her clients via her virtual office. Her online presence reaches more than 50,000 people daily. Her main goal is to educate, inspire, and motivate others to live a clean life by promoting healthy and clean living choices. She's been involved in the cannabis space for the last three years, making her a pioneer in a fast-evolving industry. Leslie teamed up with renowned hemp innovators to create a revolution hemp cannabis line of products. Her products truly are in a league of their own, incorporating terpenes and drivers alongside genuine full-spectrum hemp cannabis. Alongside her product line, Leslie focuses on educating the masses on cannabis and health and... She just launched her own podcast. Woo! So welcome to the podcast game, Leslie. Thank you so much for being on the Feeling Forward podcast. How are you this morning, babe? I am fantastic. Always fun when I'm around my girl, Nikki. I know. We're like, we literally met on Clubhouse several months ago and she quickly became my best friend. We talk on a daily basis. She sent me her CBD blend which has been a game changer for my sleep. It's been a game changer for my gut. It's been a game changer for my mood. And she just recently gifted me her Restore, which is her bath salts that are just infused with magnesium. And they are the greatest treat for me when I make the time to take that bath. It is just such a treat. Leslie, I wanted to go ahead and really deep dive into educating the audience today on all things detox, endocannabinoid system, plant-based mold, and I know you're a big fan of taking good poops. So we're going to talk poop today. You ready? Ready. My favorite topic is shit. And we know that. So if you guys are looking for value on how to live a more healthy life, a cleaner life, how to reset your gut microbiome, Leslie is an expert in this field. And we're going to go ahead and deliver a ton of value for you today. So Leslie, you know about my gut reset course. It's a six week program where I guide women to heal their gut through food and mindfulness and meditation. And one important thing that you told me is you can't do any gut reset without doing a proper detox. It doesn't matter if you're taking the best quality supplements, if you're eating organic food, if you're doing all these things, if you haven't done a proper detox, all that is a waste of time, effort, and money. So let's start off the conversation by talking about detoxing. What is it? How do we do it? And why is it so important? Amazing. So, I mean, the first thing when it comes to detox, the most important aspect of it is making sure that the channel of elimination is open and those are your bowels. So if somebody is like extremely constipated and somebody is not having regular bowel movements, which to me is two to three bowel movements a day, that's not dependent on substance. And when I say substance, I mean, generally coffee, um, or a laxative. Um, so before you can even begin to think about detoxing this, this system has to be working first, because if it's not, you're going to get backed up. Your toxins that you're trying to pull out of your body are just going to circulate. And where are they going to go? Nowhere. So that's the first step. The second step is getting the pores open. So this for me is sweating. This is an infrared sauna. This is making sure our skin, number one, is the largest organ. So if we can get the pores open and we can get the shit literally coming out of our pores by sweating, we're opening another channel of elimination. The main one being the bowels and the second one being the skin. So this is the first place where you have to start. And 
so many people think you can stick your feet in an iron, an ion bath and like pull toxins from your feet. Me, I call BS on that. I've never believed in that. Um, for all those people who do it great, keep doing it if it serves you. But for me, that's the first step. We got to get channel of elimination open. And then we have to start getting the parasites and the candida out. Now, you have to do this in a specific order. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to take a probiotic and I'm killing my candida. You have to, one, candida has to be served first. You have to kill the candida first before you kill the parasites. Why? Because candida is parasite food. It's like giving fish food in their tank, their flakes. If they have nothing to eat, they're going to starve. They're going to die. So we have to make sure that we get the candida first before the parasites. Now you can do them simultaneously if the practitioner knows what they're doing and they know how to kill the parasites and the candida at the same time. However, you cannot do the parasites first and then the candida, you can become extremely toxic. You can get very sick doing this. And so many people don't know that. So that's the next step. After that, we're working on the liver. What does that mean? We need to get the liver strong. We need to get the liver and the gallbladder strong. And that means we have to start pouring into the liver. We have to start doing things for me. Coffee enemas are my jam. Um, And why? Because it helps dump 600% of toxins in our body. It gets the liver to produce L-glutathione. This is the body's biggest badass of an antioxidant. And what it does is it binds to carcinogens and it breaks it apart and helps pull it through. And while you're doing a coffee enema under misconception is people think it's for bowel movement. It's not for bowel movement. It's for liver health and cleaning our blood. These are the basic steps of just getting the train rolling. And after that, we go wait, into wait, the kidneys. Wait, stop, stop right there. Yes. Stop, stop right there. So you're dropping a ton of bombs and I want to make sure the audience is keeping up. So a lot of people think enemas are to help you clear out the shit, right? It's to help you actually go poop. But you're saying that a coffee enema, it's to help improve your liver and to help you clean your blood and to help you stimulate production of L-glutathione. Is that correct? Did I hear that correctly? That's right. So I never knew uh, that because I get L-glutathione through either a food or through an IV drip. So can you talk about the difference between doing a coffee enema to stimulate L-glutathione versus going and doing an IV where they're literally sticking a needle into my arm and then putting an IV bag with it? What's the difference between the two? Well, one is the body's natural ability to produce it in the most abundant form. So that's the first thing. Um, and it at the same time is also dumping toxic bile from the gallbladder and the liver, right? So we're producing that and the liver, that's where we produce L-glutathione. There's absolutely no problem going for an intravenous, um, glutathione push. First of all, I always recommend that it's done extremely slowly, like very slowly, and it needs to be supported with selenium and it needs to be supported with zinc and other nutrients to make sure that you don't really like your blood pressure just doesn't plummet and you get really sick. Um, I remember having uh, my first glutathione push and I was, I swear, this was like before COVID was like announced to the masses. Um, I was in Toronto and I just, I couldn't smell, I couldn't taste. And I just had like the, the really, I couldn't breathe. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on? And I happened to be in Toronto because in Montreal, it's actually illegal to do it, which is absolutely fuckery. But when I went into Toronto, I had like a whole bag. I did the Myers cocktail. Um, I did a high dose of C and then I did a slow push. And I felt it was, even though it was a slow push, it was too fast for me. I felt like my stomach drop. I felt like a flush, almost like if you took a nice and flush and you just flushed. 
I didn't like the feeling of that. Not to say that I wouldn't do it because I started to, within 24 hours, I felt so much better. But as soon as I got back to Montreal, the coffee enema was the first thing I did. Um, so that's the difference and supplementing it again, it's, it has to, it's like a backwards effect, right? It has to go now through the digestive system processed by the liver and then become effective. So that's the free way to do it as a coffee enema. Essentially that's the cheapest way. And it's something that anybody can do at home. And just Nico to go back to what you said is, Oh, I thought enemas are for the bowels. Enemas are for bowels for sure. Colonics are for bowels for sure. But coffee enemas specifically, yes, you're going to, you're going to release, you're going to release candida. You're going to definitely release whatever's stuck in there. It's going to come out. But I always tell people, make sure you have a bowel movement before you do it one so that you can retain it. You can hold it because every three to five minutes that you're holding it, it's like a blood dialysis and your blood is cleansing during that time, but it's still going to pull things out. But it's not something that's going to be extreme. Like I wouldn't say to someone, do a coffee enema to help you move your bowels. That's a colonic or an herbal or a saltwater enema or something like that. That's different. And enemas don't go high up like a colonic, right? It, 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 it's more localized than a colonic's a little bit more invasive. There's a lot more pressure and that's going to really like whoosh, clean out. So it's different. It's very different. Super interesting. I love that. So you're talking about detox. The first thing that we want to do is open the channels of elimination. So you want to open the bowels. If you're being constipated, you got to open that. Then you got to open the skin sweating. You said using infrared sauna, what are some other ways that we can open the bowels and open the skin so that we can number one, open the channels of elimination. Hydration. Hydration is key. It gets everything moving. It gets everything flushing. And when I say hydration, I'm not talking eight glasses of water. To me, hydration is a gallon a day. And that's for everybody. I don't care how small or how big you are. A gallon is like a base mark of hydration and hydrating from both ends, anally and orally. It's so important. It's not just hydrating from, from the mouth. And people are so against colonics and they're so against the anal cavity of our body. They're like, only things come out, nothing goes in. But if you start putting the right things in and, and, and that specifically being something like colonic, you're going to, your health is going to transform. Absolutely. Another thing that is, I'm so passionate about are castor oil packs because castor oil packs are a really simple, gentle way to one, it's going to get the bowels moving because that's what it does. Two, it's going to keep you in a parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. Three, it's going to bring down inflammation. Four, it's going to balance your hormones. Five, it's going to get the liver to get healthy, get stronger and promote the dumping of toxins because by that it gets the smooth muscles moving so the so that the, the bowels are going to move. So that's a great way to open up channels and to do something really gentle and something that somebody can do and earn trust that this works, that they start to feel better. Um, I mean, the, the castor oil packs are one of the most unbelievable, most ancient tools that I believe every single person should use and we can give you a link so you could buy the best one that yes, I think that link I would love to put your, 100%. your code in our show notes. And for those of you that are listening, you've never heard of castor oil packs. Leslie got me onto it. I ordered mine and mine are actually arriving this Saturday. So in a couple of days, and I just cannot wait to use them because they do reduce inflammation. And if you have inflammation, that is the center of disease. So that's why you're getting sick all the time. That's why you're just 
completely fatigued. So you want to reduce inflammation in your body. It'll get the bowels moving. It'll balance your hormones. So grab that link. It's in the show notes. Use Leslie's code. Get yourself some castor oil packs. These are pivotal for opening the channel of elimination. You said number two is getting the candida out of our body. Candida is a bad bacteria and it lives off of sugar and carbohydrates. So my gut reset course is actually designed to help kill candida. It's meant specifically for people that are dealing with autoimmune disease, PCOS, SIBO, leaky gut, irritable bowel syndrome, hormonal imbalances. And the, the primary what reason why my reset works so effectively is it kills the candida. We get rid of the fiber. We get rid of the sugar. We break your sugar addiction. So once you got the candida out, then you can get the parasites out. And then we move on to working on the liver, the gallbladder. And you were saying the next step after that is then the kidneys. So let's go back into detox and getting to the kidney function. So, so the kidneys and the liver, essentially you work on them together. And then the last step is actually cleaning out the blood. So cleaning the blood out of infection and bacteria and so, so on. And, and just something back to the casserole pack for one second. What it also does is it breaks down the biofilm. And I tell people to think about the biofilm, like the placenta of the gut. And it's very difficult to break down. It's very difficult. And, and castor oil actually is very fundamental in the microbiome in the sense that it is going to help generate and populate good bacteria and get rid of the bad bacteria. And it's important. We do need a little bit of the bad bacteria. We do need a tiny bit of it, but the good bacteria definitely has to overpower that for there to be a healthy balance in a healthy state. So that's amazing. I think I said, you said you get rid of fiber. Nico. Yeah. So this, that, this is the main reason why I was talking to you the other day in my gut reset course, the meal plan that I created, the shopping list that I've curated, the reason why we've had the success rate that we've had is we do eliminate all forms of fiber. So fruits and vegetables are eliminated for four weeks. And the reason why is bioavailability, right? So I'm trying to find the foods that are the most bioavailable that have the least amount of, let's just say gassiness, or they're, they're putting a, a, a tax on our digestive system, right? Plants are really smart. And unfortunately, and I know you're very plant-based and you know, I'm an animal lover. So this is part of our, our interview today. We'll kind of go into that next, but while we're on the topic from the research that I've done and from what I've experienced myself, and, and I eat vegetables every day now, but in my gut reset for four weeks, I did not. And the reason why is I wanted to remove anything that would tax my digestive system when I already had issues in my gut lining because I had SIBO, the gut lining was taxed. I had all these holes. I needed to seal the gut. What I noticed is when I ate vegetables, even low glycemic vegetables, like asparagus, right? I would immediately get bloated and I would start to feel this gut wrenching pain, even though I was eating healthy. And the reason why is because there are certain proteins that were passing through that, that barrier, because I had holes in my intestines and I needed to find foods that were not going to put that strain on my gut lining. The other thing that I learned about vegetables is they, they have something called plant toxins, right? And I'm sure you can talk about plant toxins as we started to change and we become farmers and you know, we're, we're, we're eating more and more vegetables and fruits than we ever have before. And, and I'm all for that. I did the vegan diet. I did plant-based as well. So, and I loved it. I thought it was beautiful and I felt really good. And then I had all these issues later down the road. I say all this to say that the soil that we are currently using to grow our fruits and vegetables is not the same as the soil that we used prior to 1950. Our soil is more depleted. So we're not getting the same nutrients and these vegetables and plants are becoming smarter. They're creating more of these plant toxins to protect themselves from being eaten and going extinct. So let's talk about plant-based and plant toxins. And I know that you are 
a major expert in this field because you've been plant-based since you were 12 years old. So your experience with plants is very different than my experience with plants, which is fruits and vegetables. Let's talk about it. So the first thing that you said, which is interesting, I just want to go back to rebuttal it is absolutely our soils changed. I mean, an apple today and an apple 30 years ago and an apple 10 years ago, the nutritional profiles are completely different. But the same soil that's growing the grass that's feeding the cow is no different than the plants that are growing in the soil. It's exactly the same thing. Um, so to use plant toxins, I mean, there's, there's toxins in everything. And also all, I mean, again, when you go into the meat and you look at that too, it's like, okay, but 80% of pharmaceuticals are prescribed to livestock. Right. So, I mean, it, it's, it's one hand and then it's another. So, I mean, toxins are everywhere. Would you say that 80% of the meat that we're actually eating is not organic and grass fed 80% is corn fed. Sure. Right. So I think corn fed and grains a hundred percent. And I am completely against eating any of that sort of meat. If you're eating meat, that's being fed with grains. If you're eating meat, that's fed with corn, you it's, it's not good. And, and the cattle, right. The cows, the way that they're raised on those type of places. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a cost thing. So I don't want to get too deep into it, but there are things that those farmers do differently from a cost perspective to get that meat to you versus if you were to get organic meat that is grass fed, it's a different process. And if I encourage everyone that's considering eating more meat, maybe you're plant-based, maybe you're not, maybe you're trying to get more educated on the meat side of it, read a book called the sacred cow. And you will learn a lot about reincorporating meat into your diet. If you choose to do so, I'm someone that was very into plant-based and I'm a yoga teacher. So I'm all about saving the, the planet and saving the animals and not eating our friends. But then I started to notice when I started to reintroduce meat, organic and grass-fed, I'm going to say that 10 more times, organic and grass-fed, organic and grass-fed organic and grass fed. It is important that you get the highest quality meat possible that is sourced the most ethically possible because the emotions of the animal are transferred to you as well. So you got to make sure you're looking into that side of it. That's a conversation for later, but I know Leslie is going to dive into it because she's very into that type of stuff too, but make sure if you're eating meat, it's organic and grass fed. For me, I realized that when I started to reintroduce red meat into my diet, I started to feel better. My energy started to go up and I started to feel full and, and everybody's different. Some people don't do well on a meat-based diet. I didn't do well on a plant-based diet. And it was because my microbiome was just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't doing good. So Leslie, I'll pass it back to you. Maybe you could educate me on why I was struggling when I was a vegan. Well, you just answered your own question. Your mi- microbiome was shit and your digestive system wasn't working properly. So those things for sure, they could be irritants to your gut. Right. And you know, you do your gut reset one way and I've been doing mine for 10 years, a different way. And I'm not saying yours is wrong and mine's right. I'm saying you have to, for me, whenever I'm going to do a, a, a reset or at a beginning of a, a protocol where somebody's really not well and really not feeling well, I do a digestive rest and reset. And I start doing that by taking everything out of the diet and moving into a completely liquid phase of healing broths and fresh pressed juice and smoothies. Um, because that's when when we can take away the body's energy from wanting to work to digestion and we put the bodies into a, a mode of reset and push all of the healing powers to heal the body and we're doing things together simultaneously, the experience is different. It's completely different. So Niku, I agree with you. There's people that 
can't eat broccoli and they can't eat cauliflower and they can't eat Brussels sprouts because they cause gas and bloating, but it's not necessarily like, it's so uncomfortable. I, I, and I love broccoli, but every time I eat broccoli, I, I get bloated. I get gassy and it smells horrible. It doesn't do well with me, but artichoke does amazing with me. Right. And it did with me. And I didn't realize that till I reset my gut. And four weeks into that, I started to reintroduce these foods and I started to actually digest them differently. So right. I and I, so important. Yeah. But I think that if you've done the reset and your gut is in a good place, technically you could eat gluten, you could eat corn and you can eat all kinds of shit and it's not going to affect you. Listen, I choose to be gluten-free. I'm not allergic to gluten. And most people aren't allergic to gluten. They're intolerant to the pesticides and the shit sprayed on the crops, right? It's zonulin is a, is the protein from gluten, which people physically, they are allergic to that. Absolutely. I would never take that away the same way. Every single human is completely allergic to milk, but the body is amazing and it allows the body to take it in and use it. And what people are allergic to is lactose, right? Which is the sugar found in dairy. People Amen. are allergic to that, that, right? Talk about that. Talk about that. Cause people don't realize that after a certain age, we are not meant to eat dairy anymore. So can you talk about that and how dairy is the root? It's one of the causes of weight gain in our country. It's also a big cause of bloating and digestive issues. Let's go into that really quick. Oh, I mean, there's no age that there's a right time to eat dairy. I mean, breast milk isn't dairy. It's, it's the milk produced by a mother to feed a child to, to get through the initial stages of life. It's integral, the colostrum that, you know, we make when, when we first have babies and that's not to knock any woman who can't breastfeed a child. I'm not saying that, but dairy from an udder is, is, is for a baby that's trying to triple its size in a very fast, fast, fast time. It's not meant for humans. Dairy is so inflammatory. It's so mucus forming and people are like, Oh, but I'm obsessed with dairy. I'm so, I love cheese. I'm like, no, you're addicted to fucking casing, which is a protein found in dairy, which literally lights up the brain like cocaine or any other um, addictive substance. That's what dairy is. Um, There's absolutely no place for it in the human body. Your body's just a kind, brilliant machine that's adapting whatever you put into it till it stops and says, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I, I can't stop feeding me that. Um, and I know that we agree on that. Nico. I know that we both agree that, you know, dairy is, is a no, it's a hard no. And I always say, I don't judge anybody for anything, but I judge you if you eat dairy lovingly, because I know that it's not serving you. And that doesn't mean like, you know, Nico, you posted the picture the other day that you went and you had pizza. Okay. So that's once in a fucking green sky, you know, Literally, like, it's I not... it like once every couple of months it's a treat for myself yeah. and I get it. There you um, go. They bring their Buffalo mozzarella it's sourced in from Italy. So it's a different type of dairy than the dairy that we have here. So that's important too. But I felt like shit for two days after that. Like I was tired. I had, I I was constipated. I didn't move my bowel two times that day. Like I normally do. So it did mess me up, but because, you know, I do that once every couple of months, but because of my choices, the other 59 out of 60 days, I have metabolic flexibility. So my gut is able to clear that more quickly. And it's not going to set me back for a prolonged period of time, but I knew it was a bad decision. And I made that decision. Hmm. lovingly. I enjoyed it. And then I reaped the consequences of it for two days. Yeah, exactly. So you didn't get rid of it quickly, but you know, that's not to say like, if I go to Italy, like bring me a fucking massive plate of pasta, give me the wheat, give me the gluten without the eggs in it. Like no problem. I'm not going to eat cheese just because I'm plant-based, but I get that. And I, I think people who are so inclined to be so anti giving up dairy, like go get your dairy raw, 
Like if you're going to eat dairy, go get it raw. Because Amen. at least the, the A1 in that is going to be a little bit more digestible. Mm-hmm. Sheep's dairy, a goat's dairy, totally different. But still, so I don't recommend that. The harder cheeses, every day. The harder cheeses are going to be easier. So doing a Gouda cheese is going to be a very different experience than if you had a mozzarella cheese. So try that next time. And then notice, now I want to read something that I just pulled up while you were talking. And this is from medlineplus.gov. This is a scientific research and it's talking about that that gene that I was telling you about that just starts to under, uh, I'm just going to read this to you. I'm not going to break down. It It breaks down. So at least nine LCT gene mutations cause congenital lactase deficiency, also called congenital alexasia. In this disorder, infants are unable to break down lactose, which is lactose intolerance and breast milk or formula. The LCT gene mutations change single protein building blocks or amino acids in the lactase enzyme or result in an enzyme that is abnormally short. The the mutations are believed to interfere with the function of the lactase enzyme. This is the enzyme that becomes underactive over time, leading to undigested lactose in the small intestine and causing severe diarrhea, pain, et cetera. Lactose intolerance in adulthood is caused by gradually decreasing activity or the expression of the LCT gene after infancy, which occurs in most humans. So what this is saying, this is to Leslie's point. She said it when we are babies, we have more of this enzyme because the goal of the breast milk, the goal of the formula, the goal of the dairy is to fatten up the baby quickly because they're born. And this is one common point. Every baby that's born, let's just say a baby's born seven pounds right after they're born, they drop weight. And the reason why the doctor wants to see them a week from then, two weeks from then, is they want to see that baby's weight go up. So giving them formula, giving them breast milk, giving them dairy, that's helping that baby put on that weight that's lost after delivery. But over the course of time, that LCD, that LCT gene, that enzyme starts to become underactive, which is the enzyme that we need to break down lactose. That's all that we're saying. We're just saying that we weren't designed as humans to ingest lactose. That's not to say that everyone can't, but most of us cannot. Right. And you know what? It, um, when babies are born, just, just to go back on that, um, the amylase, which is, you know, the most abundant main polysaccharide digestive enzyme that they have, it digests starch and and babies are born with only a very small amount of the amylase and they can get this essential digestive engine engine enzyme through breast milk. Okay. And it's not till after six months, I even say a year that they the child's pancreas begins to release that. So they're really supposed to be eating fat, right? That that's really what they want. And it's, it's really the fat enzyme and a little bit of the sugar enzyme that they're able to break down. So when we start giving babies at the beginning of their journey, corn and syrups and like just shit, that's like completely not for them. You're already setting that child up for digestive imbalance, digestive health. And the other thing is I truly think, and this may not be ideal for a lot of people, and I understand that, is stop giving babies cereal before they're one. They don't, they they can't break Amen. that down. And why are you giving them cereal anyways? What's the point yeah. from a nutritional standpoint? Why, why? I don't know, because it's easy. It's tangible for parents. It's convenient. But at the end of the day, what you're doing there is the digestive system hasn't fully formed. So you're already creating leaky gut, like right there. 
people always say, okay, well, what if I can't breastfeed? And I know we're, we're digressing from plant toxins right now, but they're like, what if I can't breastfeed? So I say first, can you get a donor's milk from somebody, you know, and trust? That's the first thing. The second thing is hemp. I believe that hemp seeds and hemp hearts can make the perfect milk for a growing child. My opinion, I've seen people do it and it has everything that the baby needs and everything that the baby can digest. Okay. It's not a soy, it's not a rice, it's nothing like that, but it's digestible. So we have to start course correcting from when, when we're babies in order to have a fighting chance. There's so many other things we can get into what destroys the baby's digestive system, but let's go back and you go to your questions on, I think it was plant toxins. And at the end of the day, point and period is that the soil is full of shit. We don't know who's growing our food. If I could move to a permaculture land and live off the land that somebody else takes care of, and I could eat the fruits of their labor, that is my dream. Because at the end of the day, we don't know what's in food and the soils are depleted and they're continuing to be depleted. And community growing is, I think, so instrumental. Um, Rooftop growing, Um, hydroponics, stuff like that is what we need to move for instead of just poisoning the land. I mean, I think Bill Gates just bought a whole shit ton of land to just pretty much poison it and continue to keep a sick America and a sick world. Um, That's my opinion. And just one book that I suggest people read is Diet for a New America. That's by John Robbins, the son of the owners of Baskin Robbins, an international um, ice cream. And he talks about the dairy and why and what not to do and why it's actually destroying people. And Dairy does not make strong bones. Calcium makes strong bones, but definitely from plant-based sources, not from dairy. Um, So I want to leave that with you and then we can go wherever you want to (laughs) go. I love that so much. So going back to the detox. All right. So step one, open the channels of elimination. Step two, kill the candida, get the parasites out. Step three, work on the liver, the gallbladder and the kidneys and step four, clean the blood. How do we clean the blood? I do this all through herbs. Um, For me, I think herbs are the best. I mean, I'm a practitioner. I have access to all the professional lines of supplements, no problem, but I see herbs work better than anything. Um, I see herbs do what it's intended to do and they work really fast. They're adaptogens. They work in the body. So my protocols are all done based on a series of different herbs um, that work to really do what the body needs to do. And some people have to go through two or three rounds. Some people just need one round. Everybody's different. Um, And I build a protocol out based on a, you know, a pretty intensive intake, but things that you can do to clean the blood that aren't herb based are things like chlorophyll, right? It's, it has this almost the same plasma as blood. Oxygen therapy is fantastic. Um, And you do that rectally by using um, an ozone machine and syringes. And you literally put oxygen up your ass. I mean, I, I, I do want to get myself a machine, um, to do that because I think the benefits of oxygen are amazing hydration. Again, I personally don't think a body can be in a cleansing state with animal proteins. Again, me and you can disagree on that and that's totally fine. Um, I think it needs to be done as well. The less food going in at that time, the better. So more of a light you know, liquid phase and some, some very salt, some solids that are closer to its natural state or lightly steamed or, you know, are, are going to be better because when we're cleansing, we don't want to be in an abundance of energy being again, delivered to digestion. So those things for me are good. You know, you have your lemon juice and stuff like that, that are gentle. I mean, that's not going to necessarily clean your blood, but it's going to, it's all part of 
you know, the detoxification thing. Now, the problem that so many people do is they read on the internet um, how to do things. I mean, beets are fantastic, right? Um, <clears throat> beets are amazing. And chlorophyll and chlorella, those things are amazing for, for blood. But some people, you'll hear them say, um, eat um, an abundance of cilantro or eat abundance of X, which is great. Those things are chelators, but how we need, we always have to pair a chelator with an eliminator. So that's really important. So you don't want to just be pulling out all the toxins and then they're just circulating in your blood and they have nowhere to go. That's another recipe um, for disaster. Cleansing the blood again. We talked about coffee enemas. That's another way. Um, Again, a lot of the a lot of the vegetables that Niku can't hands, handle, the cruciferous, you know, the broccoli, the cabbage, the cauliflower, um, are really good for the liver and the kidney and the ability to filter out waste. Blueberries, cranberries. That's not fair. So what do I do? Well, we're gonna I'm gonna put Niku on my own challenge. I'm gonna see what happens to this check. That's what I'm gonna do. I, I, yeah, we talked yeah. about it, but we're we're gonna do it. But so those those things, water. Um, you know, your blueberries, because they're, they have, you know, um, antioxidants, which are protective of the liver. Um, it, it's all about protecting the liver if we're cleaning the blood. So, so again, that's why, and, and garlic, um, is amazing because it's, it's also, um, extremely good for it's antiviral, it's antimicrobial. So things like this, there's, you know, there's lots of herbs and kidneys. I mean, ginger, Oh, I love um, dandelion. I love um, cayenne pepper. I mean, these are some of the things that I do just on a daily basis to more of um, preventative stuff, not because I'm treating anything specifically, but your liver is what filters your blood and it also processes your nutrients. So you got to remove toxins and byproducts from the breakdown of, you know, even just prescription drugs or regular drug use, like recreational drugs or booze. Um, and, you know, when your liver may be, you know, your main fil filtration system, you have other filtering organs. I mean, your lungs is a filtration, your intestines, right? They are supposed to destroy parasites and other unwanted organisms and your kidneys, they filter the excess toxins and waste from your blood and release them into your urine. Um, so, you know, charcoal drinks and juices are cool. Um, activated charcoal is great. Um, activated charcoal is actually a good digestive enzyme too, but I wouldn't get dependent on that. But um, it's like it goes in, it's like a mop. It sweeps up all the shit and pushes it out. So I like Toxin Busters. Um, they're a brand out of the UK. Um, so those are going to be like my main things for that. Um, really in a short, short way to explain that. I love that. So we know how to detox. Now we're ready to start really shifting our gut microbiome. Talk to me a little bit about in plant-based diets. There's a lot of things that if you were to go hundred percent vegetarian and you're not doing it correctly, you're going to have some deficiencies. So what are the common deficiencies that vegetarians have and how do you supplement for them? Such as omega-3s, protein, what can we provide for those that are vegetarian listening to make sure that they're supplementing correctly? Okay. So the first thing is, this is a big misconception. I've been plant-based since I was 12. I've never had anemia, no issues with my iron, no issues with my amino acids, never been protein deficient, never had an omega deficiency. First of all, let's understand that fish eat omega-rich foods. They eat algae. So 
that is why fish are omega rich, not because the fish is omega rich. So that that's the first thing right there. That's one very important thing. I want people to realize is if you are eating fish and you're like, I'm being so healthy and you're a meat eater or a fish eater, you're pescatarian. There's a difference between eating farm raised fish, which are not eating the algae, right? You don't know what they're being fed versus wild caught Atlantic, wild caught Atlantic salmon or cold water fish are feeding off the algae, which is where they're getting the omega threes from. So hundred percent, Leslie, I agree with you. There's a difference in quality of the fish that you're eating. However, that's not to say that someone that's vegetarian is getting their omega threes, unless they're eating the algae. You just said it. So as a vegetarian, how can we make sure that they're eating all the right supplements that they need to make sure that they are completely whole. So you just said, omega threes, you get that in a source of algae. That's one thing that I'm always worried about. My clients come to me, they're vegan, they're vegetarian. And I ask them, what are you eating for omega threes? And 99% of them, nothing. 99% of them haven't heard of algae. Talk about that. So blue green algaes are packed with nutrients, amino acids, proteins, um, vitamins, and minerals. Um, um, hemp seeds, um, walnuts, flax seeds, um, uh, primrose oil, chia seeds. I mean, most, most omegas are perfectly found in seeds and nuts, um, for sure. And, and the, the, the proper fatty acids, you know, you know how many fish you need to get to get like a tablespoon of fish oil. Like, I don't know if you've ever thought about, thought about that. It's disgusting. Um, and, and then let's look at the heavy metals, right? Even, even wild caught, our waters are disgusting. We have ruined, yeah. we have ruined our waters. Like watch Seaspiracy. If you haven't watched it, you could watch it. Um, and that doesn't mean like, you know, again, like if we were living by the seaside and we had access to smaller bodies of water where these fish are thriving, it's a different story, but we have to look at where we are today. So we have chia seeds, Brussels sprouts, um, algal oil, again, it's derived from algae and it stands out as one of the new vegan sources of both EPA and DHA for a long time. People are like, oh, you can't get EPA from anything but fish. Bullshit. If you look up the company E3 Live, they're one of my favorites. They've been around forever. Um, I can probably give you a code to that as well um, because I just, I support that company forever. They're blue magic. They're a their E3, A, F, A, a brain food is, is absolutely fantastic. Hemp seeds is probably one of the most rich protein, magnesium, iron, and zinc that you can find. It's one of the most powerful foods ever. Hemp Flax seed, you want to be, sorry. Hemp seeds are incredible for protein. It's actually something that I use in my protein smoothies every single day for myself and for Kai to make sure we're getting that protein. However, from all the research that I've done, I just interviewed a, an anti-aging doctor a couple of weeks ago. When you look at the conversion scientifically, and this, this person was a, a PhD chemist, multiple patents, amazing. Check out Dr. John Sautery's interview, but he breaks down how when you're taking in hemp seeds and other seeds for omega-3s, the conversion is 5%. So the way that our body and our gut microbiome actually converts the omega-3 profile you're only getting 5% conversion versus if you were getting it from a different source. So I'm just, my major concern is really the omega threes, but you, you said the best solution for that is, is the algae, the blue green algae. So where do we get that from? How can we find that? Well, I like, like I said, I like E3 live, but again, just to combat that and, and we can have the difference of opinion is the body's going to absorb a plant-based omega far faster than an animal. Like th- that's just, that's how the body works. That's the, the assimilation. That's just, 
I mean, you can't argue that. That's that's how our body works. So E3 Live is a fantastic yeah, one. If you haven't um, caught on to this yet, Leslie's going to stand very, very strong in her plant-based yeah. belief. And I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to convert her to eating a piece of fish, which it's not going to happen. Never, I'm going to keep trying. Ever. We're, we're going to be, the polarity will be here for the entire conversation. We're still best friends <laughs> nonetheless. I love you, Leslie. Eat some fish. Never. Um, <laughs> walnuts are amazing. I mean, blue-green algaes are Definitely my thing. And then like CMOS, CMOS is 92 essential minerals. And I've been taking CMOS for the last six years. And that has changed my life in the sense of 92 essential minerals is, is something like we're so deficient in our minerals. So, I mean, uh, that's, I mean, that's a given. I, I will not go without that. I was going to say something about flaxseed oil. So for me, I think if people are using flaxseed, you need to be using them. You have to be grinding them as you eat them um, because they go rancid really, 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 really quickly. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, what else? Um, perilla oil. Um, and that's from the perilla seed and it's, it's very Korean. Um, it's versatile, it, but it's also a really good source of omega-3 fatty acids. A lot of people, um, it, and, and really rich because with ALL making up an estimated 64% of that oil, um, each tablespoon contains nearly 9,000 milligrams of ALA, which is an abundant omega-3 fatty acid. Um, it's more of a flavor enhancer and a dressing rather than a cooking oil. I wouldn't be heating that ever. Um, but it's also available in capsule forms, um, an easy and convenient way to increase your, your omega-3 intake. So, I mean, they're an important part of your diet and they're essential to our health. And again, it's, I don't know, even people who eat plant, who don't eat plant-based, I would say stick to more of the algaes and the nuts and the seeds for, for your omegas. Um, and the problem too, is a lot of people and a lot of blends are omega six, omega three and omega nine. I don't think we should ever be supplementing with nine because the body produces it itself, given the right, um, cofactors being the other omegas. I love that. You are such a wealth of knowledge. So you were talking about metal toxins. Can you talk about metal toxins and mold? This is like a huge issue right now that no one's talking about. And I would love to get some value and education drop for the listeners. Yeah. So, I mean, mold toxicity is, well, listen, heavy metals and mold are abundant. They're in our food. They're in the water that you're drinking. They're in your air conditioners. They're, you know, old homes are like literally rotting or homes that are being built on older foundations um, is really prevalent, but also like just toxicity and everything you're putting on your skin. Think about it. The average American woman is putting over 200 um, chemicals on their skin before they walk out the door. Um, and people aren't realizing that they're so sick and it's actually mold that's making them sick. Um, and it's everywhere, right? It's literally everywhere. It's like, you cannot escape molds. Um, but I would say that the home, your home is the prime factor for where mold to go, especially in basements. Um, but you should have your home checked for mold, especially people with, you know, the chronic sinus infections. Um, that's something that that's really prevalent in, in mold. Nosebleeds can be very related to mold or calcium deficiencies. Um, 
what else hypersensitivity so like if you're like super sensitive to like chemicals or smells that could be an indication of mold um asthma that's another one then and then what's happening is people have all these symptoms and they start treating them for these symptoms these symptoms are never going away skin infections um what else um neurological issues as well like things that are going in the brain including brain inflammation um just everything show, showing up on the skin could be an indication of mold. So I always say, check, check your home, but just being tired and fatigued. I mean, there are so many similarities to so many other things that can be going on. And I think for mold, one of the easiest things to do again is the infrared sauna, start sweating, sweating and getting that out of your system, colonics, enemas as well um, to get that out of your body, because that's going on. I mean, for heavy metals, I'm a big um you know, advocate for zeolites, which are um, able to bind and safely pull heavy metals out of the body. I like the TRS. We can give you a link for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, mold and, and, and chemical toxicities are really prevalent. And the first place you have to look is your food and your water and for mold in your home. I love that. So if I wanted to get my home tested for mold, who do I call? Where do I go to do that? Google. Um, just type in like mold, uh, mold t- yeah, like mold inspection. I mean, I think you can buy kits and stuff as well at like, I don't know, we have Home Depot. I don't know what you, I think you have Home Depot. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I think you can buy tests like that, but it is important. I mean, listen, if you're living in a brand new home, chances of there being mold are, are very slim to none. It's more of older homes or homes that have been flooded um, in the basements and stuff. And, and, you know, even you can see it in the shower, it can show up as like black, black marks. And, and sometimes mold is very silent, but mold makes people really sick. And another thing is like a really good air purification system. Even if you have it built in, like HEPA built into your home, like ventilation, I always recommend having an additional one. I mean, there's the air doctor. I have the rabbit one over on my wall and I have another machine called Uverix, which literally sends ions into the air, like little Pacmans to kill off virus and bacteria and toxins in the air. And it's all, um, um, ultrasonic. It's really cool. It looks like an Alexa. Um, and I just leave it plugged in and it does, I have to trust that it does the job because it cleans off the surface and in the air. Yeah. I got that Dyson, the standing tower one to put into the nursery. And that one, it, it does the cooling, it does the heating, but it also purifies the room. So I can make sure Kai's in a really good environment here in Scottsdale. It's so hot, girlfriend. It's like dry, yeah, at least just from how dry it is. So I put a humidifier in there for him so that we make sure the environment is conducive to, to health and wealth. So I'm definitely going to look into the air purifier and look into the mold. I know we have a little bit of time left here, and I wanted to make sure we do, we deep dive into your company. You are a can of, an endocannabinoid entrepreneur and expert. You know all about that system. So can we take the next 10 minutes on educating everyone that's listening all about the endocannabinoid system, about your products, why you design them? I know a lot of people are doing CBD already, but they don't understand the importance of turpentines, of quality full spectrum. So really educate the audience on what this whole thing is. Well, let's go there. Okay. So let's just understand what the endocannabinoid system, every living species with a backbone has one, number one, number two, its main role. And I'll get into it a little bit is to bring homostasis and balance into the body. Um, the first cannabinoid receptor was found in 1988. 
And then later in 1995, researchers discovered that the two receptors now deemed the CB1 and the CB2 receptors were found not only in, in rats, which they were tested, but within thousands of other species, including the humans. Um, so, and then in, 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 so it was like the 1990s where it really came and sprung up and they found that um, the synergi- synergistic relationship between phytocannabinoids and endocannabinoids. So just, this is the best way that I help people understand it. Basically homostasis is your body's effort to keep everything in the right zone. It tries to keep your intestinal environment stable and optimal, no matter what's going on in the environment around you. And if you think about all the gauges in, a, in, in the dashboard of a car or an airplane or wherever, there's lots of buttons. Those all tell the operator whether things are or aren't operating in the right zone. And just like electronics in your car or on a plane, your body works continuously to monitor the important levels and functions in your body. So is your temperature too high? Is it too low? Is it just right? Are your hormones level where they should be? Is your heart beating too fast? Do you need fuel or reset? Is there too much of something building up in your bloodstream or inside of your cells? When something's not operating, um, in within the right range, your body activates the ECS, which is the endocannabinoid system to help correct it. So when you're really hot, begin and you begin to sweat, you thank your endocannabinoid system for working to cool you down. Your stomach's growling, that's your ECS, keeping you to remind you, you got to eat, you need fuel. And the endocannabinoid system does, does this via the cannabinoid receptors found in select tissues. So recently they've discovered the third one, but we have at least two types, CB1, which is in the central nervous system, which is the brain, the nerves of the spinal cord. Um, and they're, they're concentrated in the brain in the central nervous system. And, and that's a system in the body that maintains core functions, such as your motor activity, your pain perception, your stress response, and your memory. And then we have the CB2, which is in the peripheral nervous system, your nerves and your extremities, the digestive system, and specialized cells in the immune system. And these CB2 receptors are widely distributed throughout the peripheral organs in the body. And they're serving the core components, like I said, the immune system, the muscular system and the cardiovascular system. So why do we need phytocannabinoids? Well, like any machine, whether it's a result of poor maintenance, damage, or natural aging, our body parts and systems can deteriorate and malfunction. And when that happens, it affects the entire body and it leads to so many different health issues. And endocannabinoids are designed to help and maintain the healthy level of the body. So if that level decreases, however, theoretically, they would only maintain the existing health level and may not be enough to prevent it from decreasing further. So over time, the health level could decrease little by little, slowly growing into a bigger problem. And there really truly is something called endocannabinoid deficiency. And there's a lot of studies that are linked to fibromyalgia with a deficiency in the endocannabinoid system and so many or so many more. And, and just so we understand it, the, when we suffer from the endocannabinoid deficient de, deficiency and we start administering cannabinoids, CBD is the one that people know. It's the trendy one in THC. Those are just two of about 120 recognized and studied cannabinoids. But when we administer them, they help equalize the deficiency. Um, cannabinoids are a finite resource and the deficiency of cannabinoids results in things like headaches, irritability, um, anxiety, lack of sleep. And it's basically like a power up for our endocannabinoid system. And by by bonding with our CBD one and two receptors, not only does it help maintain vital health functions, it helps to restore the balance in the body. And people think that you have to be unwell to take cannabinoids, which is complete bogus. We, everybody needs, I'm a very well person. I don't have anything going on. I will take CBD till the day that I die. And it it works for the nervous system, stress and new digestive, your appetite, your metabolism, your immune cells, 
your immune health, your inflammatory response, bone health, fertility, skin health, your, your respiratory system, your sleep and your circadian rhythm, um, everything, everything, motor control, temperature regulation. So people think that you need to be unwell to use CBD. So that is like the quickest way for me to like run through what the endocannabinoid system is. And then I'll just quickly talk about why I came into the state. I'm going to have to push pause and go back and listen to that whole two minutes, (laughs) 10 times. Cause I'm sitting here like writing notes, writing notes, (laughs) texting on the sideline, like breathe, slow down. I can't keep up. There's so much (laughs) guys, Leslie just dropped some bombs. And if you're, if you're like me and you're like anti drugs, anti everything. Like I know all the States here in the U S are opening up and everyone's becoming, you know, marijuana. I don't even know what it's called, but they're, they're all accepting marijuana and it's becoming legalized and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm very against that myself. I'm against drugs because I have an addictive personality. Um, in my family, we have a lot of people that were addicted to drugs. So I'm like, keep it away from me. I do not want to even go there. So when I met Cl- uh, Leslie on clubhouse a few months ago, and she told me that she has a CBD oil, it's going to help me with my postpartum depression. She has a CBD oil that's going to help me with my anxiety. She has a CBD oil blend that's going to help me with my sleeping. I was like, sorry, girlfriend, I'm not going to try it. I'm against CBD. I'm against marijuana. I'm against gummies. I'm against medicinal. I'm against anything that comes from a plant like that. I don't even want to go there because I don't want to get addicted. And it wasn't until she really educated me on the difference between the CBD versus like smoke and pot that I was like, okay, fine, I'll give it a shot. And I did. And within days, I started to feel different. So everything that she's saying is completely validated. I am anti all that stuff, but I tried her oil, her blend. It is so clean. It has been a game changer for me. When I got really, really sick a couple of weeks ago and lost my voice, I started to take those drops three times a day. And it just helped me improve that much more quickly. Um, and kill the infection. So I just wanted to go ahead and say thank you, Leslie, because your your product is incredible. And I've had a lot of my friends that are here and they are CBD experts actually look at it and they were like, is it full spectrum? Yes. Does it have all the terpenes? Yes. Like it, it is a high quality product and they all, every single one of them that I showed, I was like, Hey, should I do this? Is this safe? Is this good? They all approved of your line. So thank you for bringing that to market. Yeah, my pleasure. So, um, and again, it, hemp and marijuana, it's like saying cats and lions, same family, different, same species, same species, different, same family, different species. Sorry. So hemp grows with low amounts of THC. THC is that psychoactive um, cannabinoid that makes people high, or when you smoke, you can, you, you feel it. Um, and we don't necessarily not need it, but we don't have to have it to have the benefits. And the second thing is, is that Hemp, if you extract cannabinoids from a hemp plant and a marijuana plant and you put them under a microscope, they're exactly the same. The medicinal benefits are the same. The abundance of each cannabinoid is slightly different. Um, So you don't have to get high using it. The second thing is my community started asking me for a product and there was nothing that I could find that that matched up to Leslie's um, proof. Like there was nothing that was good enough. Most companies don't use the terpenes, which are the volatile compounds found in the sticky resins of plants. Um, and they have a billion different properties. They protect us against everything in, in the wild. And they do the same for the human body. And it's essentially the immune system of the plant. So that's so important. So I made sure I have over 60 different medicinal terpenes in my product. It's full spectrum. And then I went another way and I added drivers like turmeric and black seed oil and spearmint and, um, cinnamon, and just a whole bunch of different ones to help the experience be even greater. And the other thing is, is that you don't need to take a dropper full. You can take four to six drops as a dose. It's a microdose, um, two to three times a day. 
or even just once a day, I suggest twice, but the bottles last. And the best way to do it is through the oral capillaries, which are by putting the oil under your tongue. I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not. Okay. So by putting, putting the oil under your tongue and it goes via the oral capillaries into the bloodstream and directly to the cells. Now, the, the problem is the edible market is such a big game. You lose 90% of the medicinal benefits of any cannabinoid product if you're drinking it or if you are eating it. So that's one thing. Um, and it was just a passion of mine to bring unique products to the market, make sure that I could change lives. You can safely use it with other medications as long as you're doing it 20 minutes apart. A lot of my clients have come off of you know antidepressants and, 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 and anti-anxiety meds by using this to help them wean down with the supervision of their doctors to lessen their dose so that they could come off and use this and feel really, really good. Because at the end of the day, we don't really have a Zoloft system, but we do have an endocannabinoid system. And that is not to knock anybody who is medicated. This is just an alternative that you can use and you can see and feel the difference. I mean, everything from heartburn, um, women who are having heavy periods and bleeds and cramps, it's changed their life. Um, Women in menopause who are going through all those yucky feelings of the hot flashes and the migraines and stuff like that for sleep, for fertility. Oh my God, I have so many um, testimonies where people are like, look at the blend baby, because it was the only thing that changed when they couldn't get pregnant. Um, for sleep, for energy. I take it before I work out for focus. Um, So many kids who have sensory issues, ADHD, anxiety. I mean, there's nothing that it's not good for. And sometimes when you start it, and this is the last thing I'll say, let's say somebody buys it for pain and inflammation, but the liver is really not in a good place because they're over-medicated. It'll go, it'll start to clean up the liver, strengthen the liver, and then the pain and the inflammation will come down. So it's something that is meant to be taken daily, not just when situational. We need to keep that fueled and filled just like we would with our cars. So it's so important. And my mission was just to bring a a rock star of a product that represents me and my integrity and my intention. And I did that and we've expanded the line. There's an amazing magnesium soap that, um, and you could talk about magnesium is needed for over 300 enzymatic mechanisms in the body. Every single cell requires magnesium. Transdural magnesium is a fantastic way to get that. And we infuse that with CBD, the terpenes and MSN, which is actually really good for L-glutathione, Nico, is MSN. So that's another good thing. Yes, the terpenes are in all my products. I have skincare. I have, I have it all. I have pain topicals. And it's just, you know that there's no shit in it. It's, there's, it's not a greenwash product. They are natural. There's no chemicals. It's all nature's finest botanicals that make up each every single one of my products. Wow. 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 Leslie, thank you so much for all of that knowledge. You've been dropping gems and bombs and so much value for the audience. You guys, I hope you were able to capture a lot of that information. This podcast will be available. So go back, rewatch it. And we have a ton of gifts that we're leaving for you in the show notes. So make sure you look at the show notes and you grab her castor oil drop. She's going to put a link there for you with her discount code. So you can get that to help you open the channels of elimination. We're going to also drop the link for the air purification systems that she recommended. So you can start to clear up the air in your home. Leslie, I would love to get your link for your challenge. So we can drop that in for those that are looking to actually come on board with you for your challenge, because if you guys haven't figured it out already, 
She is a wealth of knowledge. She is an expert in the field and she will help you. And then if you're looking for a gut reset to kill the candida, to get rid of bloating and inflammation and help you rebalance your hormones and you're okay with some of the animal-based stuff, then I'm going to also drop for you my six-week gut reset course. The first four weeks are an intensive elimination that we reintroduce and reintegrate. We educate you on all things nutrition, um, plant-based versus animal-based as well. And with that gut reset course, you'll be getting mindfulness exercises. You'll be getting unlimited access to Elevated Tribe, all my online workouts, live workouts with me. So it's just a little bit different than just a nutritional thing. It's completely holistic, mind, body, soul, gut, spirit, all of that. So we'll have those four links for you in the show notes, castor oil, gut reset course, Leslie's challenge, air purification system, Leslie Rubinoff, CEO. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We appreciate you. Do you have any closing remarks for the audience before we let you go? I always end by saying, do not wait till you're sick to get better. Take care of your health now while you can and avoid, avoid damage control. That's what I say. Avoid damage control. Man. Take care of yourself. We'll give you also a discount to the, to the blend line. Um, we'll do, we'll do Nico 10. So anybody can buy with a $10 discount. Thank you. You guys, you have to get the blend. If you're listening and you don't order the blend there, you have, you have an issue like go purchase the blend. It's been a game changer for me. When Kai got sick, I gave him two drops sublingually under his tongue and he got better within three days. It really does work. It decreased my anxiety. It decreased my depression. It just made me sleep better through the night. I wear a whoop. So my sleep is measured by my resting heart rate and all that. And my sleep efficiency increased from an average 45% to now I range between 75 to 95%. And the only difference was I started doing my red light therapy and her CBD blend. So grab it, use the code Niku 10, get $10 off. No, I am not being paid in any way, shape or form for you purchasing. So you purchasing using my code only gets you $10 off. I have no skin in the game, but I'm telling you, it's made a a huge change in my life. Do it. And if anybody has any questions, they can always find me at the Holistic Health Genius on IG. Find me in the clubhouse and find me on Facebook in my group. So Niku, thanks so much for inviting me in. And I love that we have difference of opinions, but we still agree that holistic health is the best and the most abundant form of healing. I love you. I respect you. And I'm so glad that I know you. And I'm so blessed to have you on today with the Failing Forward podcast. Leslie, thank you so much. Everyone that's listening, have a great rest of your day. Go and take charge of your health right now. Make a decision to make a change and do something to help yourself fail forward in your health. Fix your gut. Detox. Eat better. If you're eating meat, make sure you're switching to organic grass fed. I know it costs more, but you're going to do your body and your mind a favor by doing so. Eat a little bit less, but eat higher quality. If you're plant-based, get your omega-3s via algae. Make sure that you are taking care of yourself so that you're living a balanced, holistically well life. We love you. This is it for now. Ciao, ciao. We'll see you soon.